This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv. An unmatched dual threat. Prospects 101. This is the show where we break down football prospects from all levels. We're talking high school recruiting, college transfers, college uh, recruiting classes, NFL prospects, and of course the NFL draft. And as always, Prospects 101 is brought to you by our big supporters of the show, Blue Wire Pods, Thera CBD, and Bet Online. Now remember, you can always interact with Prospects 101 on social media. That's at Prospects 101 Pod. That's on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Great way to stay up to date with the show as well as interact with us as we get a lot of our show ideas uh, from interaction with our fans on social media. So please make sure that you follow us there. Uh, you can also find those links in our uh, our podcast bio. Easy follow there. Uh, guys, the crew is back together. It's it's going to be all three of us tonight. It's been a little while since we've done that. And as as always, I'm your uh, your host, Brandon Glessner, and I am joined by Brandon Pastel and Kenny Keller. What's up, guys? What's up, man? Yeah, it has been a hot second since I think all three of us have been together on a pod. Between between your engagement and then vacation and then uh, school for me and a couple other things, it's been a minute. <laughs> and the blackout of Wi-Fi that I had for two weeks there. <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> it's it's truly an unbelievable story. It's, it's just something I just, It's 2020. I just, uh, does that count as 2020, though? Because that's negligence on your part. I, I agree. You should have requested <laughs> you should have requested those services like two months beforehand. No, to be fair, I still requested it, and nobody from AT&T was getting back to me for like a week, so – I don't know, but it, I had to go with AT&T, so not that I want to knock AT&T in case I have a 
uh, you know, a future sponsor of AT&T. Hey, but, uh, hey man, everybody is a potential sponsor, Pastel. Remember <laughs> sorry, that. Sorry, I'm better than that. <laughs> always ABC Glass, always be closing. Always be closing, right? That's, that's what it is. Big no, wolf, it's it, big wolf. Come on. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So uh, we're going to get into guys. This is our last Power Five conference, I think. Is yep. this our last this Power is Five? It. This conference? is the last conference in, at all. Yeah, this is the last conference that we're going to do, and and you know all of our listeners know that we've covered each conference at length. Uh, from an actual uh, pr- uh, preview show, which you can expect to see in the fall. As we know, there have been significant changes here within the last month, uh, but this one is still applicable, which is good to hear because they're one of the, the three Power Five conferences that are still going to play here in 2020. Again, we're going to preview the show, uh, probably drop a prospects episode as well uh, to follow up as we gear up to opening day. And guys, we're not far away. I, I, the NFL is right around the corner. A lot of these conferences, at least the ones that are playing, their initial games are probably about two weeks away. So we could be on the forefront of an actual 2020 college football season, which I had my doubts, but as of right now, we are all set to go, which is very, very exciting. These teams are already in camp and, and they're practicing it out there. So again, as the agenda for the, uh, the show, uh, we're going to kind of review the state of the conference, do some predictions, uh, some questions that we, some big questions we feel like that need to be answered that the big 12 will need uh, to show this year to be a big force uh, teams, most approved some key matchups. And we got some rapid fire questions and ultimately uh, end this show as we always with a prospect to watch. Mm-hmm. Now <clears throat> state of the conference guys, very top heavy. Oklahoma's the king, and there's no one else that, that can dispute that. They've won seven Big 12 titles, the last five in a row, three playoff appearance, uh, appearances, and to be quite honest with you, nobody else has really been close. OU has been the dominant dynasty in the Big 12 ever since it came to what we know today as the Big 12 um, before they kind of had their divisions and all that. There are some potential challengers there. We saw Baylor come out last year and have a fantastic season. They went 8-1 and one in conference, uh, played Oklahoma during the season, as well as in the championship game. Uh, Iowa State seems to pre- be a, tr- a pretty trendy pick uh, with Brock Purdy, mm-hmm. quarterback, and mm-hmm. a lot of de- uh, defensive players coming back, as well as kind of their scheme and what they do is pretty unique. Uh, you always have to consider Texas as a part of this conversation. They have the talent. They definitely have the talent. They cleaned house when it comes to assistant coaches, so they're really looking for a fresh start down there. And then Oklahoma State, and a lot of people would argue that Oklahoma State has the best running back in the country, and they return a lot on both offense mm-hmm. and defense. Uh, some up-and-comers that we can keep an eye on, um, TCU, Kansas State, West Virginia is going to be an interesting case. I, I think that they're pretty mediocre from a talent perspective, but win a couple games down the stretch, and, and they could really threaten to get into that Big 12 title game. And then kind of rounding out, you know, we have Texas Tech and, and Kansas, which we'll talk, t- touch both of those schools. Um, but, guys, I think it's pretty safe to say that Oklahoma is the king, and then there's kind of everyone else. Yeah, I, I don't think that's really a, a hot take by any means. I mean, you laid it out there. That in the past decade, they've won seven Big 12 titles, including five in a row with three playoff appearances. That's all you got to say. I mean, they're they're the top dog. They're the best recruiting class pretty much year in and year out. Texas kind of competes with them in recruiting, but, 
Yeah, Texas just has not been able to put it together for whatever reason, no matter who the coach has been. And even with a talent like Sam Ellinger there, they still haven't been able to put it together. So, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt whatsoever. This is Oklahoma's conference, and everybody else is just living in it. You know the one thing, though, with Lincoln Riley? The fact that these last three years, who's been his starting quarterbacks? They're all transfers, right? Every yeah. single one of them has been transfers. So this is the first time we're going to see a quarterback that he has recruited, groomed, and actually start for Oklahoma's program. And obviously he's one of the best quarterbacks, Spencer Rattler, out of the recruiting trails two years ago to come to Oklahoma. But I am still curious to see him doing it without an experienced veteran transfer. Well, well, remember, Kyler wasn't necessarily super experienced. I think he started like – a handful of games at Texas A&M and then sat behind Baker Mayfield for a year and then started. So I'd say he's probably, I, I would say that's pretty comparable to Rattler. Rattler got to sit behind Jalen Hurts for a year and, you know, he might not have the, the starting experience Kyler had, but it, like I said, Kyler was only, only started like three or four games. Well, I, it, well, I will say this about Oklahoma, and I think one of the reasons that they're so successful on offense, I think Lincoln Riley's the best offensive coach in the country. Yeah, I agree. I think what he does on the offensive side of the football is so unique, and it's something that just gives defenses fits. He has an offensive scheme that really on any play, there's probably an RPO attached. Uh, you know, there's a, a clear run-pass option most plays, mm-hmm. and it really puts defenses in a bind, especially when you have four- or five-star recruits at, at wide receiver, if you have a four- or five-star recruit running back, and, of course, if you've got one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And don't sleep on their offensive line. They've groomed some really great mm-hmm. offensive linemen over the last five to ten years. So Oklahoma is just such a juggernaut on offense that, you know, obviously, talent, you know, if you have talent on offense – it's not that hard to coach, but from a scheme perspective, I think what Lincoln Riley brings, uh, he could be successful anywhere. I, I really do. I think he's that – I think that highly of him from a scheme perspective. Um, kind of one more state of the state of the conference. Um, you know, I mentioned Baylor a little bit. Baylor had a fantastic season last season, uh, really great on defense. They were efficient on offense. Um, what do you guys think about Baylor obviously losing Matt Rule to the NFL – and if they're able to kind of catapult and get back, get back to competing for a Big 12 title, I, I, I mean they've obviously had a, a paradigm shift in terms of who's in charge there. Dave Aranda is a defensive guy, uh, but he's a very highly effective defensive guy. He came, he comes from LSU. We saw what he did there at LSU. Uh, he's been, I think, he's a multiple-time Broyles uh, Award finalist. So. I think he'd be okay. They'll probably they'll inevitably take a little bit of a step back. Matt Rule, I think, is a really good coach. You know, it showed what he could do by taking Baylor from the absolute lowest of lows during a scandal-ridden, uh, you know, I guess Kendall Bryles era, and and really, or Art Bryles, I apologize, Art Bryles. Art Bryles. Yeah. Uh, and then and, and it basically took like basically one mediocre kind of down year and then had him right back coming along uh, competing for Big 12 championships. So I, I think Dave Aranda can do that. I think they'll take a little bit of a step back, uh, but really it's just a paradigm shift. You're going from an offensive-minded guy to a defensive-minded guy. So it'll be a little bit of adjustment, but Baylor's in Texas, and there's talent to be had in Texas. If you recruit decent you're recruiting Texas kids, you're always going to have a shot. Yeah, I feel like Baylor, they overcame that scandal un- unbelievably how they did it, man. Like, they didn't really lose a beat. 
kind of to a similar stance to Penn State. Like, Penn State really didn't – they never lost a beat. They've actually only gotten better, I really think. Uh, but as far as Baylor, I mean, the, the problem with them is they only have two returning starters on defense coming back. Mm-hmm. And they lost their biggest offensive weapon in Denzel Mims. So, I think it's natural that they're going to lose a, a little bit this year. I mean, they almost won the Big 12 championship. If it wasn't for a few plays, they, they would have been in the playoffs last year. Um, Dude, if they didn't – yeah, if they didn't choke against Oklahoma twice – they would definitely be. They would have definitely been in the playoffs. Yeah. You don't. You don't lose nine defensive players and not take a step back. No. I, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, think there would be a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think what they have going for them, Dave Aranda, again, one of the best uh, defensive minds in college football. Now it's it's easy to be a defensive mind when you're a defensive coordinator at LSU when you have all that ridiculous talent there. Uh, they love to play man coverage, and when you have you know the likes of uh, Derek Stingley down there and all the other cats that they ran out on defense, um, pretty. Pretty easy to be good on defense uh, when you have that. But no doubt about it. It's one of the better defensive minds in the country. So, uh, Paso, let's get into it. I want to hear uh, – let's start off with some season predictions, uh, 1 through 10, and uh, how you think the Big 12 plays out here in 2020. Okay. So I'm going to start with number 10, and I think it's going to be Kansas, led by Les Miles and Puka Williams. Puka Williams probably the best all-purpose back in the Big 12. Uh, dynamic athlete. The problem with Kansas is – they just they just lost too much. They have three returning uh, starters on defense, six on offense. But on offense, they lost their quarterback last year, Carter Stanley. Um, I think I like the arrow. The problem with Kansas football is they went to the transfer portal and got all these guys from JUCO colleges. For so many years in the in the coaches previous to Les Miles, that kind of hurt their program. So finally, Kansas goes out to the recruiting trails. They aren't getting all these JUCO transfers. They're, recruiting high school kids, and now this upcoming year, they're a top 40 class. So I think arrows pointing out to Kansas, but they're going to take a step back and be the worst team in the Big 12, but that's not because of Les Miles. Les Miles has them on track. So they're at number 10. West Virginia, I got them at number 9. I just don't think they have a lot of talent, man. Uh, it kind of just is what it is with Neil Bryan coming into his second year. I just don't see them taking a step forward at all. Uh, Texas Tech, uh, kind of same thing. I, I, they, they do have quite a few players returning. I think they have 15 players returning. Um, but I just think the Big 12, really teams six and higher, are solidified in that spot. And I don't think Texas Tech has enough firepower to really jump them. Uh, number seven, Kansas State. Uh, Kansas State is interesting because Chris Kleiman, I think, is one of the better coaches in the college landscape coming from North Dakota State University. Uh, won multiple national championships there. Exceeded expectation at Kansas State last year. Uh, I went eight and five. Yeah, eight and five. I, but, but again, I mean, two people coming back on offense. But you don't lose that much talent. You don't lose nine players starters on offense and not take a step back. But I got. I love what Chris is doing there. I just think kind of like Kansas, they can't really progress in his second year. No fault to them themselves. Uh, number six. This is where you start talking that tier that can upset people can make a run if they have the right things to go together. Number six, I got Baylor. Uh, we kind of just mentioned them. I think they were one of the better defenses last year. Um, they have Charlie Brewer coming back, obviously a pretty big-time quarterback in the Big 12, but they lost Denzel Mims. They lost nine uh, starters last year, so I think they take a step back. Number five, TCU, Gary Patterson. He's got a lot on defense, a lot of big-time defensive players that I think we'll probably highlight later. Um but these guys are going to be drafted, and I mean drafted in the first day or two uh, next year. So I, I love what they got coming back. They got Zachary Evans, the the true freshman five-star running back uh, coming in. 
Um, hopefully he can be the next LaDainian Tomlinson there at TCU. I know Gary Passon, he's got to get back into the, the bowl eligibility. He's been a little bit of a dip this past few years, but I think TCU this year can get back to bowl eligibility. I don't necessarily see them making a run at the Big 12 championship, but I think that's the line. Because number four, I've got Texas. And Texas, I think, can make a run at the Big 12 championship because they've got, obviously, the most experienced quarterback and Sam Ellinger coming back. they got seven returning starters on offense, and they got nine returners starting on defense, a defense that obviously is not very good last year, but they are led by one of the best safeties in the nation, Caden Stearns. So they've got players. They've got experience. They've got the most experienced quarterback in the Big 12. Um, so you can't underestimate that, I guess. But I still have them at number four just because I don't trust them. Is, is that bad? I don't trust them. But, but number three, and this is kind of like, I guess, the team that I think can make a jump and possibly make it into the playoffs, Iowa State. Iowa State's always that Ooh, team. Like, wow. That's like they're, they're upset city. They're the teams that they beat Oklahoma. They beat the Baylors. They beat the Oklahoma State, but then they only win five or six games, right? That they're always that team that – they upset people, then they lose multiple games, but not this year. I think Brock Purdy, outside of St. Ellinger, is the most experienced quarterback probably in the Big 12. Uh, I know some people have day two grades on him. I personally don't. He's the best quarterback in the Big 12. Yeah, and some people think that. But they have 11 returning starters last year. They lost They lost one player, one starter, but the other guys started quite a few games too. But they had their whole entire defense coming back. And then Brock Purdy is probably a second-team all Big 12 quarterback. Um, I just love what they're doing on there. I think they have five returning stars back on offense. That's probably where they're going to hurt the most. But that's why I have them at number three. Number two, Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State, man, they're, they're the real deal, man. Uh, eight returners on offense, 11 mm-hmm. uh, returners on defense. Mm-hmm. Not saying they were the greatest defense last year, but they still have a lot coming back. Um, and then they have Chuba Hubbard. I mean, Arguably the best running back. I know some people have Travis Etienne, number one, but it's 1A, 1B, right? Like, this guy's been dynamic, and he's been dynamic for multiple years now. He's probably a front runner. If not a front runner, he's probably up there for the Heisman already. Uh, so I think Oklahoma State, you got to love what they're doing there. Oklahoma, no surprise. They've got, they still have, for as much talent they have on that team, they have eight returners on offense and nine on defense. Um, they lost C.D. Lamb, right? They lost Jalen Hurt. But they still have guys like Spencer Rattler. They got Rambo, the wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a ton of talent on defense. I just they've won the, they've won it five straight years. And with all the talent that they have coming back and the talent that they have coming in as true freshmen and rest uh, of freshmen, I don't know how you bet against Oklahoma. Even though I would argue Oklahoma State has a legit shot to take that Big Twelve championship. But overall, Oklahoma number one and Oklahoma. Uh, makes it to the playoffs, and they win the Big 12 championship. Hmm. Hmm. Kenny, what do you think is rankings? Uh, I like them. I, I think they're pretty good. I, I would probably switch, to be honest, I'd probably switch Texas and Iowa State, but I do agree with the how can you trust Texas because you can't, because every offseason we hear Texas is back, and then they're not. So that's that's tough, but I, I, honestly the top five I think are pretty good. Uh, I think six through nine are pretty interchangeable. Uh, I a team I'm probably more high on than Brandon is is West Virginia. A, I really love their head coach. I think Neil Brown is probably the next big guy uh, to to. I think he's an absolute stud of a head coach. What he did at Troy and what his background has been. You know, three years in a row he had double digit wins at Troy. He went five and seven last year, but honestly they were expected to do worse last year than what they did. A five and seven season in West Virginia last year was an overachievement and. 
I think what is very interesting for West Virginia is they find they found their quarterback at the end of the year. They found him, and and that's Jared Doge, who started out as the backup to Austin Kendall and was the backup for most of the season until they finally gave him the reins in the Kansas State game. And all he did was go out and upset Kansas State. They almost beat Oklahoma State in a very close loss, and then they beat TCU. So they went two and one down the stretch with him as a starter. Uh, and they lost very close games to Baylor uh, by three last year. They lost a very close game to Texas. Um, so, you know, it, they very well could have been, you know, eight and four. You know, I'm not saying that that, that – I'm not saying that that was that, – that, that's what would have happened. But if they had three one-score games go their way, it's a whole different ball game. And we're looking at Neil Brown and West Virginia, a whole different light. But I'm really excited about Jared Doge. I think he's going to be – He's probably the biggest sleeper at quarterback. He's their quarterback now. He's a he's a, a fourth year junior. He transferred from Bowling Green State last year, uh, where he absolutely lit it up as a Mac quarterback. And then, like I said, he finally unseated Austin Kendall at the end of the year, and then just, I mean, absolutely look like he like he's been in Neil Brown's offense his entire life. I I'm really excited to see West Virginia take the next step forward this year. That's that was I thought that was the biggest slight. I, I think they could be probably sixth rather than ninth. Yeah, just a couple of notes before we get into some questions that we need answered. Uh, the Iowa State, I think that's a little that that's going to be feast or famine. Uh, we'll see how Brock Purdy does this year if he lights it up and is a first round caliber talent that a lot of people think he is. Then I think three is pretty fair for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, defense, they return a ton. Uh, Oklahoma State is also an interesting one there too. Uh, obviously, a lot of players returning. I do have some questions about. You know, just because you have guys returning doesn't mean that they're talented. So I, I wonder if Oklahoma State can – you know, I wonder if they're talented enough to be that second in the Big 12. Uh, you know, Chuba Hubbard, obviously one of the best running backs in the country. But from a talent perspective, I'd, I'd like to see if all of those returners are actually mostly talented, especially on defense. Um, Texas, I think, is an interesting case as well. Texas is god-awful on defense. Uh, they're they're just going to have to improve on defense. They, they return nine, and man, I hope that they're talented because they were they were god awful last year. I think TCU could surprise a lot of people and challenge to play Oklahoma in the Big Twelve title game. I think that they have enough talent on defense to be competitive in games. And then specifically, uh, you know, bringing in the, the you know Zachary Evans could be an LT type of player. Um, and the West Virginia is also going to be one that's that'll be interesting to watch. They were last in the Big 12 in total offense last year. I think that if and they're about middle of the pack on defense. I think if they're a little bit better on offense, that or if they're I'm sorry if they improve a lot on offense, I think that they can be middle of the pack. But I actually like them in nine if they you know if if their offense stays the way that they are. So just kind of some some things I see there. Te- uh, Texas Tech's another one. I think eight's probably right for them. Uh, they were explosive on offense last season. believe that they were second in the Big 12 in total offense with 474 yards a game. Uh, but again, they don't have it. <laughs> they were last in defense. So, yeah, they, you know, they averaged 474 yards a game. They also gave up 480 yards a game, uh, <laughs> which is uh, that's, that's not good at all. Uh, you're not going to win a whole lot of games when you're doing that. 
Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Now, ordering is easy. All you have to do is open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with their new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Now, you can choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Also, many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery, too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off your first order and zero delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the promo code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget the promo code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Uh, guys, let's go into some questions that I feel like need to be answered. Um, you know, number one for me, can Oklahoma and Texas improve on defense? And these are kind of two different cases. So one, Oklahoma, when it comes to improve on defense, I mean improve on defense when you're playing the nation's best teams. Uh, LSU came out when they played them in the national semifinal and a lot of their assistants, and it was leaking out that they actually thought – Oklahoma was a top 20 team, not a top four team. And a lot of that had to do with the talent they had on defense. And, you know, can they improve? Can they be better? Yeah, they were one of the better defenses in the conference, but this conference has never really been known for defense, right? It's basically just, hey, let's try to keep everything in front of us and let's just hope we outscore everyone, which is exactly what Oklahoma does. Um, And then Texas is, is a completely different use case because they were so awful on defense last year. And, you know, they were okay. You know, they were pretty good on offense, but guys, their defensive stats were terrible last year, gave up 431 yards a game rushing wise. They gave up 140. And then in the passing game, they were second to last um, as far as kind of their, their passing defense, uh, just, just atrocious in what they did in the past game on defense. So they, and the, the key for Texas this year is they have to improve on defense. If they're going to roll out the same defense they did last year, I think you're going to see a very disappointing 8-5 and five season, which is exactly what you saw. And I think Tom, Tom Herman's seat gets a little bit more hot, and Texas starts to get a little bit impatient. Second question, can TCU do enough on offense to make a run to the Big 12 title game? Like I said before, I think TCU it could be a sleeper, um, and I think that they could jump a Texas, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State to play Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship. Guys, they return so much on defense, maybe the best three defensive players in the conference. Trayvon Morig, the safety, and Darius Washington – or I'm sorry, Darius Washington – 
probably the best I'm sorry they are the best safety combination in the country both are supposed to be day one day two picks in the NFL draft their film just jumps off the carts charts and they return the number one leading tackler in the cut in, in the big 12 last year Garrett Wallow at at um at a, a uh, at linebacker they've got tons of talent on the defensive side of the ball and they were already talented from last year they're the number one total defense um, they led the uh, big 12 in total defense last year so can they do enough on offense to make a run can they keep up with the Oklahomas can they keep up with an Iowa State can they keep up with a Texas can they keep up with Oklahoma State in a game in order to kind of steal, uh, you know, three or four of those games in order to have a really great season. I think that they have enough on defense to be a dominant team, uh, but can they, can they do enough on offense? Does Les Miles get Kansas out of the cellar? We know that they're doing better on the recruiting trail. We know that they may have the best all-purpose back in the Big 12 and Puka Williams, but is that enough to get out of the cellar? Does, and my question number four out of five, does Chuba Hubbard dot be dominant enough in the Big 12 to win a Big 12 title? We know that they return a lot on defense. We know they return a lot on offense. A lot of people think Chuba Hubbard is the best running back in the entire country. Going to be a day one pick. Can he be dominant enough to be, win a Big 12 title? That has yet to be seen, so we'll see. And then question number five, I asked this a little bit earlier, but how far does Baylor fall? They had a fantastic year last year, going eight and one in the Big Twelve, going to the Big Twelve Championship, but losing Matt Rule, losing everything they did on defense. Do they have enough uh, coming in in order to not fall very far? So, what do you guys think about those questions? Do you think we get some of these answered? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we'll, they'll all get answered for sure. Um, uh, I'll, you know, Pastor, I'll let you take the Oklahoma-Texas one, but I, the one that really stood out to me is does, can TCU do enough on offense to make a run for the Big 12 title? I think the short answer to that is no. Uh, I, I'm not sold their quarterback, Max Duggan, is the real deal. I'm not sold that he's the guy who can take them to the Big 12 promised land. Can he improve? Sure. I mean, he's really got nowhere to go but up. You know, he had a 15 15- uh, to 10 touchdown to interception ratio last year. He had a paltry 6.1 yards averaged attempt, and he only and he only had a 53% completion percentage last year. So, I mean, for a Big 12 starting quarterback against a bunch of no-name defenses, it can't get much worse than that, Not in good. my opinion. Not good. Uh, um, so, I, I but still, even if I think even if I thought he improved by thirty percent, I still don't think they'd be enough to make a run for the Big Twelve title. I think they need to find a quarterback of the future. I don't think Max Duggan is it, and I don't know if that quarterback's on the roster. Um, but for Gary Patterson and Sonny Sonny Cumbie's sake, uh, they better hope he is. Uh, and then the other question that caught my mind was, does Les Miles get Kansas out of the cellar? I think so. I think he can. Uh, I'm not nice. completely sold on it, but I think, to me, I think Texas Tech is is the team that he could jump and not be the worst team in, in the league. Um, but I'm not necessarily sold on that either. But, I, you know, if you had a gun to my head, I would say yes. Yeah, and so to answer that question, just because we're on the topic right now, Kansas has the 41th-ranked uh, crew class in 2021. 2022, they're already at, ranked at the 18th recruiting class. With a three-star but top 600 quarterback, I think it's the number, yeah, 35th overall quarterback in the nation in Austin Myers. So big-time pickup already because that's the only thing Kansas needs right now is that quarterback. 
So will it get him out of the cellar? Probably, but probably not for another two or three years. Uh, not not this year. As far as Oklahoma and Texas, I'm going to stay away from Oklahoma because they've won the champion, the, Pec, the Big 12 championship five years straight. So talk about Texas. I think they will improve. I think it's inevitable when you have nine returning starters coming back and you have one of the best safeties in Caden Stearns uh, coming back. You also have Chris Ash, the defensive coordinator. So he's switching his defense from a 3-4 to a 4-3, which based off his personnel I think will bode well for Texas football. Um, but I, I think we combine that all together. Again, the biggest thing being nine returning starters. With some of those guys being big-time athletes, um, I think it's inevitable that they will improve. I think the bigger question is, will they improve enough to win the Big 12? And that's where I say no. What about what about the uh, what about Chuba Hubbard? Do you think he's dominant enough to win the Big Twelve title? I I think he can be, but I think a lot of that. I think the real question is: Is can Spencer Sanders be healthy and play well enough to assist Chuba Hubbard in well, winning the Big Twelve? So, so I Sanders, think that's the big key. I think the quarterback position at Oklahoma State's the big key to that yeah, question. Yeah. Go ahead, Spencer Pascal. Sanders. People forget, man. That guy's like a dual threat athlete. He was the second leader rusher on that team. And people also forget that Tylen Wallace, one of the best receivers and first team all Big 12 receivers, mm-hmm. would have been if he didn't get injured, uh, was I think the leader receiver in college football last year and toward, until he tore his ACL, uh, is coming back at wide receiver. I mean, this guy is a big time talent. So you have what I think is one of the better dual threat quarterbacks in the Big 12. You have the best running back in the Big 12. And you have arguably the best receiver in the Big 12 coming back. Yes, and they also they have one of the best offensive linemen uh, in Oklahoma State coming back. So while it's only one player on every level, I think where they hurt is a little bit more on the depth. But they almost have the best or second best at every level uh, at skill positions and offensive line. Well, the biggest thing with Spencer Sanders is one game he looks like he's all Big 12 quarterback, and the next game he looks like he's third string, you know, Big 12 quarterback. It's it's more of a consistency battle with him. If he can stay consistent and be that dynamic like he was at spurts last year, yeah, it's, Oklahoma State's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Um, actually, the, the, talking about Texas is actually a great segue. But, Pastor, let me ask you, what, what team in the Big 12 do you think has the most to prove? I think it's Texas, man. And I think it's, it's, it's this simple. Tom Herman is in his fourth year. He has 16 total starters coming back, and he's got the most experienced quarterback in Sam Ellinger. You're also going against, which everyone knows, Oklahoma's been the best team in the Big 12 the last five years. You have a freshman quarterback coming in for big, for Oklahoma. So the expectation right now, if I'm a Texas fan, is you win the Big 12 this year. Knowing Oklahoma's probably going to dominate it after this year again. So, like, you have all those returning athletes. You have the most experienced quarterback and a good quarterback. Um, and you also have the best team that's been dominating the last five years with a rookie quarterback. So they have the most to prove. I, Texas football, by the way, is a blue blood, and you got to have the expectation Agreed. that it will be a, a blue blood. Yeah. So people are saying they're going to be a three or four overall seed, and that's a good year. That's bull crap. They should have the expectation that they're going to beat Oklahoma every year and be a big twelve winner every year. That that they haven't done that in the last five. Six, seven years, whatever. They haven't, they haven't won a Big 12 championship since 2009. By the way, that was the year, remember, they, that Indomitian Sioux almost won that Big 12 championship oh by himself. Like seven sacks. Yeah. It's the most they, dominant defensive performance I've well, ever seen. Remember, they were, they, were a one, they were one second away, a review to put one second back on the clock from losing that game because they kicked a game winner with one second left on the game to win 13 to 12. If that doesn't happen, then they haven't won a Big 12 championship since 2005 when they won the Natty. 
that's horrible. That, that is unbelievable. So, yeah, they're – I they need to prove it to me because they should be up there for the Big 12 championship year in, year out, and they haven't done that now, according to Kenny, in over a decade. But now you have all these players coming back, the top quarterbacks as far as experience-wise. Mm-hmm. You got. I don't think they're going to do it. I think they'll be the number four overall team, but they they better do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. I, I, you know, I, I, I go back to the other side of the ball. I think the offense is going to be fine. I, I think Sam Ellinger and I, I think I think B. John Robinson. Uh, he he was up there with Zachary Evans as the number one mm-hmm. overall back in the 2020 yeah. recruiting cycle. Um, going back and forth with 24/7 Sports, it was it was kind of interchanging. I think he could be a difference maker on that offense. I'm not worried about the offense. It comes back to me. It's all about the defense, man. I think hiring Chris Ash is an outstanding hire. Yes. Uh, former co-defensive coordinator and secondary coach at Ohio State. Before that, he was with Brett Bielema uh, at Arkansas and at Wisconsin. This guy knows defense. He was the head coach at Rutgers. It's hard to win at Rutgers, so I'm not really going to hold that against him, but certainly a great defensive mind and is somebody that's very highly thought of. Um, but they just got to be better on defense, man. If, if they're better on defense, I think that they'll, you'll see – I think you'll, it, they'll be – well, I guess it's not double-digit wins, right? They're only playing 10 games. Um, I, I see an 8-9 win team out of Texas if they can get, get it right on defense. So uh, let's break into the schedule a little bit, guys. Uh, Big 12 schedule recently, re- uh, recently released. Uh, there will be a Big 12 title game. Uh, in mid-December, which is great to see. But, Kenny, why don't you kind of outline, you know, four or five matchups that really stick out to you that you think will determine the Big 12? Yeah, so the first game, obviously, and I don't think it's any surprise, is the Red River Shootout, OU and Texas at the Cotton Bowl, which is pretty cool because they're still planning to play at the Cotton Bowl, which is neat, on October 10th. And that's the third game of the season um, for both programs. So I think that's an incredibly huge game. It it generally – is a precursor to which one of those two teams at least is going to be competing for the Big 12 championship. Obviously, it's been a little bit dominated and one-sided by OU recently, but historically, the winner of this game tends to be one of the representatives in the Big 12 championship. Uh, The next game I saw was OU at Oklahoma State. Uh, I don't think that's any surprise, and and really, I don't think it's any surprise that – Bedlam. Yeah, Bedlam. That's a great name for the rivalry. Big 12 is some of the coolest rivalry uh, names, like Tech – uh, TCU has the uh, what is the the skillet, the battle for the iron skillet with SMU. Like they have really cool um, names just to kind of go off off beat there for a second. But yeah, Bedlam is is probably the next best game I saw, and that's uh, November twenty first, and that that that's late enough in the season to where that might be what pushes either program into the Big Twelve championship. Uh, you know, propels them the rest of the way, or at least gives them the tiebreaker over the other. Uh, I thought I thought Oklahoma State Texas was another big one. That's probably going to be a battle for second place most likely. And then Baylor Oklahoma to end the season. That's the last game of the season. I'm not saying Baylor's necessarily going to be competing for anything, but they still have enough talent on that roster to play spoiler going into the last game of the year. And Oklahoma, who knows, might be riding in undefeated or with one loss and kind of looking past that game, thinking they got to get ready for the Big 12 championship, and they get tripped up there. It could be a, a trap game for them. So those are the four games that really piqued my interest. Pasto, are there one or two games that kind of stick out aside from those? Yes, there's one. Iowa State at Oklahoma State on October 24th. I think that might be the game that separates them 
uh, from like the third seed to the second seed and really challenging them, challenge, challenging Oklahoma for the number one seed. So Iowa State at Oklahoma State, uh, October 24th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two two big things stand out to me, especially when we talk about possible contenders. Uh, I I think you touched on it a little bit, Brandon. I'll touch on uh, Iowa State a little bit here too. I think we're going to see how good they are early. Uh, they open with TCU, then they go, uh, then they've got Oklahoma, Texas Tech, and then Oklahoma State. So three of their four, uh, three of their uh, first four games are, are pretty tough. We're going to see how good they are. We're going to see how good they are early and if they're truly a contender. And then I, I'll kind of pop that on the other side. I'll go TCU here. TCU, same type of deal. Another team that could possibly jump up into the conversation to be in the Big 12 title game. If they can get off to a good start, they start off with Iowa State, Texas, Kansas State, and Oklahoma. And I mean, Baylor, those are yeah, and and then Baylor. I I, I, I think that I mean <laughs> that's pretty tough, man. I mean, you want to talk about coming out of the gate? I mean, you got five big time, big time matchups there. Then then the schedule starts to get a little easier for them. But I think TCU's got a long road ahead of them. But what they got going for them is a good defense. But I think TCU and Iowa State, to me, we're going to see how good they are early and if they really true, truly are up to this hype, mm-hmm. hype that we see. Um, right. it'll be- you know, it's 2020. TCU has a good defense. Defense is going to win the Big 12 this year. It's <laughs> oh, my gosh. How amazing would that be? Oh, <laughs> it just turns into a defensive conference this year. <laughs> it's 2020. Why not? So like, right. That's right. TCU, all There's nothing but three yards in a cloud of dust. <laughs> oh, my God. Nobody's able to throw the ball. Just because there's secondary studs everywhere. I don't see – yeah, I, you're right. It's 2020. Anything can happen. That's right. I'm with you on that. All right, guys, some rapid-fire questions here. Uh, kind of round out our uh, our preview of the Big 12. Try to keep this to a sentence or less. Uh, first one, I'll start with Pastel Kenny, and then I'll give my answer. Uh, is Oklahoma the only playoff team, even without a Big 12 or Pac-12 representative playing? If not, then who? Uh, yes, they're the only one representing the uh, Big 12. However, I don't think they're going to run away with it. I do think Oklahoma State and Iowa State, they're going to have a vote this year. But I do think it's only one team from the Big 12. Yes. I'm going yes as well. I think Oklahoma is the only playoff team. Biggest sleeper in the Big 12? Uh, Iowa State. I'm going TCU. West Virginia. All right. Can Les Miles get Kansas to a bowl game by the end of 2022? Uh, yes. Yes. I'm going yes as well. I think I, – I believe in Les. I'm a Les guy. It's one of my favorite all-time Matt coaches. Matt Hatter, baby. Man. I love him. Matt Hatter. I loved him at LSU. He, he needs to find his quarterback, which it sounds like he did in 2021 class, but that's the one thing that he still has to hit on right now. Yeah, I, I, I know this is rapid fire, but I'll get this. I, I also think he may be one graduate transfer away from being really competitive at quarterback, too. That's a good call. Sure. I, I, think, I think he could go out there and find a, a really good grad transfer to come in next season and they be a, a 7, 8, 9 win team. And it'll, um, it'll be easier to sell a grad transfer if they're competitive this year. Like if they win like three or four games, but they're competitive in like every single one or 90% of their games, then you can go out and sell it and say, hey, um, and say, hey, you know, w- we need you. You're the missing piece. Coaches who get fired this season? I, I think no one. Uh, I know, Kenny, you completely disagree with me. I think Neil Brown is. That's absurd. 
Uh, I mean, if, if there was ever a coach, if he if he if he wins three games this year, it'll be it'll be warm in his seat. But I think nobody. I think if there's one coach that leaves this year, it's Lincoln Riley if he would decide to make that jump to the NFL. All right, Kenny. Uh, I say no. I say no one, but I will say this: I think if Texas only wins five or six games this season, I wouldn't be stunned if Herman was forced out by the boosters because they already. Once you have to replace your D, your coordinators, that's usually the first nail in the coffin. Yeah, I'm going none. I I think it'd be a mistake for anybody to fire somebody in a COVID-ridden season. So many things going against you. So many things that are unique. Um, I, I I don't see I don't see that happening. Uh, will Spencer Rattler make it to the Heisman Heisman ceremony, continuing Oklahoma's streak of quarterbacks attending the Heisman Trophy ceremony, where Oklahoma has had a quarterback attend the ceremony every year since 2015? Uh, I say no. I think Spencer Rattler's a little bit too inexperienced, and I think my my Heisman hopefuls probably going to be Trevor Lawrence, Chuba Hubbard, uh, Stingley from LSU, Najee Harris, and maybe Sam Howell, but I don't think Spencer gets in, Spencer gets in there. I say yes, and Spencer Rattler's wow. Spencer Rattler's the best quarterback Lincoln Riley's ever had on campus, and that should keep, right now that that right. should keep that should keep defensive coordinators terrified. At but night. you mean like right now, his freshman year, he's better than the senior year Baker Mayfield. He's they they've already come out and he's already come out and said he's the most talented quarterback I've ever coached. Yeah, but maybe his senior year, junior year, not his freshman year. Sorry, we'll go ahead. Rapid fire. What are you talking uh, about? I, he just said I, it was, is talented, Rapid best. fire, guys. Let, let's land the plane. Land the plane. Uh, I'm going no. Uh, I, I, I'm just going no on this one. I'm not even going to explain it. Uh, best – I'm not going to go true freshman year, but best rookie in the Big 12. So it means they could have been a redshirt last year, could have been a backup, doesn't matter. Best, best rookie in the Big 12. I'll say Zachary Evans running back, TCU. Spencer Rattler, quarterback, Oklahoma. I'm going Spencer Rattler as well. I think he's going to terrorize defenses. Uh, is Brock Purdy a first-round pick? I say no. I think there's only going to be three uh, picks, and that's going to be T-Law, Justin Fields – or, sorry, four picks. T-Law, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Jamie Newman. Yes, I say he is. Uh, he led the Big 12 in passing last year at Iowa State, and he's only going to get better this year. I'm going to go No. I think there's too much talent at the top. Not enough teams need that talent or are willing to trade up. So I'm going to go no there. Um, you know what? I'm going I'm to bring it out. Is Any other rapid-fire questions come to mind after talking through? I asked this last time. We actually got a couple in. Uh, ra- any more rapid-fire questions in the Big 12? Uh, I don't know. Oh, okay, here's one for you. Does any Big 12 defense finish in the top 20 nationally for total defense? Yeah, I think Iowa State. I'm going to go yes because there's not that many teams. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's 72 teams. Uh, I, I'm going to go at least one of these donks will end up in there. They may be like 19 or 20. Yeah, so I mean, let's just go seven teams from the SEC finish top 20. We'll say six teams in the ACC I mean, that still leaves seven more teams to go out there, get two or three from the G5 conference. Absolutely. I think Iowa State can find a way in the top 20. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to say no. Theirs. I'm going to say no. I, 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 think, I think it's just going to be an offensive explosion this year in the, in the Big 12. Yeah. Well, to be fair, it's been an offensive explosion in the Big 12 since, I don't know, the Clinton administration. Oh, it's, uh, more than usual. 
Exactly. <laughs> That's right. There's only a couple teams that are consistently halfway decent on defense, TCU, Oklahoma, Texas, you know, used to have its day being good on defense. Ironically, they hired Charlie Strong, and they were terrible on defense. Um, oh, I, okay, I got one for you. Yeah, I, I got one. I got one. Because, you okay. know, what? Right. we talk about these previews. We talk about every one conference tournament. We've never talked about the big thing. There's three Power Five conferences going to go into the playoffs. Is there a Big Ten – or, sorry, Big 12 team that's going to win the – or win the national championship? No. No. I don't think they go – I, I don't think Oklahoma is good enough on defense. No, Let's just say I, right now, who wins the national championship? We don't have another Clemson conference. Is it all Clemson? It's, I think it's going to be Clemson or Alabama. Yeah, I think it's going to be Clemson Alabama in the in the final without Ohio State. I I would actually say Ohio State Wouldn't if the big yeah. the Big Ten was playing, but they're not playing. So I'm going to go. Uh, yeah, I mean, I get. I mean, it's such a cop out to pick Alabama or Clemson. So I already told you in my SEC preview. I think Florida wins the SEC championship. So I would argue it's between uh, Clemson and Florida. I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm going to go Clemson, but I think it's a Clemson Alabama final. I think Alabama is just too talented on on defense and even on offense. And even you know if. If they are as good, if Bryce Young is as good as everyone says he is, and he goes and inserts himself because of an injury, which I think what's going to happen, I think I think Mac Jones will keep that job for a little bit, um, you know. But I, I think it's only a matter of time before Bryce Young makes his way on the field and really like is the next great Alabama player. So I, I don't know. I think it's going to be Alabama, Clemson, and uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see. Um, do you guys have a sleeper? For, I mean, I think Pastels is Florida. Yeah, uh, I. Gosh, I, I would I would have no team in the ACC. I mean, the only other sleeper I could think of would come from the SEC. So, yeah, Florida's probably the second best well, SEC team. I think the big sleeper. We're talking like sleeper, sleeper, because I could argue Georgia. By the way, talent wise is right up there. As I was well. going to say, I was going to say Georgia. Maybe Georgia gets over the hump this year. But, but if we want to talk sleeper, sleeper, I think it's North Carolina. Uh, I, th- I, wow. think too, I think they're too far away. And so, wow. so I agree, too, but we all know how a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, I know he's not Lamar Jackson, but can propel a team to make that leap a year early. If Sam Howell can, can have a Heisman type of can, uh, season, you never – He had a Heisman type season last year, man, arguably. That's a true freshman. So, like, if he's now coming into his second year, I'm just saying, you're talking sleeper, I don't – it's not something I'm going to put my money on. It's one of those things, like – if it happens, it's not the most far-fetched. It might be North Carolina. I think the true sleeper, and this is going to get a lot of hate, actually, because at first I said nobody in the ACC, but then I totally forget. I think it's Notre Dame. I'm high on Notre Dame this year. I'm very high on Notre Dame. Yeah, you forget about Notre Dame. Ian Book's the real deal as far as college football. So. And their offensive line is probably the best in the country, and their defense is sick. Yeah, they have yeah. a lot there that could be a first-round pick. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't wait for that Notre Dame game. You know, I, I don't mind the Notre Dame pick. I think in a, a shortened season like this, I, I think that that's legit. I think we're going to see who they are when they play Clemson at the end of the season. Um, I, I think they're certainly up there in the discussion. I think they're definitely a top-ten team in the country. 
Um, but we'll see, man. I mean, they got to be able to win on the big stage. I feel like they haven't been able to win a game on a big stage in a long time. Well, boys, I think I think we just gave everybody a, a, a early preview into basically our prediction show. Oh uh, yeah, you know what? We botched it. We botched it. All right, let's let's move on. Let's land this plane before we get too much into this. Uh, as you guys know, we like to end every show with a prospect to watch. This may be a prospect that is flying under the radar that is not on all these ridiculous mock drafts on Walter football and, you know, a bunch of guys who, you know, sit around and hanging out in their parents' basement. So, uh, Pastor, once you take it away, give us a prospect uh, that could climb up some draft boards. Yeah, so we talked about him briefly when I was going on my Oklahoma State rant, and that's Tylen Wallace. He's the senior wide receiver from Oklahoma State. He's 6'1", 190. Uh, yeah, he tore his ACL last year and, uh, and missed the last five games. But this guy – First of all, he was like the leading receiver in college football last year prior to that. He's had an unbelievable stat line. I mean, if we go back to his 2018 year, he had, he had uh, 1,491 yards and 12 TDs uh, his sophomore year. His junior year, he had almost 1,000 yards and eight TDs. And, again, that was in eight games. Unbelievable player. Uh, I can see him doing big things. If he can duplicate what he did his sophomore year, his senior year, I mean, we're talking early day two pick. I mean, people have first-round grades on him. I think with the the wide receiver class being the way it is right now, I think he's probably a second, early third-round pick. But he's a deep, deep ball threat. He's got long speed. You got to love it. He can go up and get the contested catch. Um, overall, great, great receiver. I think his biggest thing is can he prove what he did his sophomore and halfway through his junior year? Can he recover from his injury? If he can do that his senior year, all errors pointing up for Tylen uh, Wallace, and he most likely will be a second-round pick next year. Also, also, if you remember his game, uh, Texas 2018, he had 222 yards against Texas. To to your point, Gus, of how bad Texas defense is. It's just it's it's unbelievable how you can be the University of Texas and roll out a defensive unit that's just that bad. Uh, or Tylen Wallace is that good. So we turn it on its head right there. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, it just shows kind of what a deep threat he is. If he, for, on eight receptions, had 222 yards, you know, it means he's just able to run away with everybody. It's a great deep threat. So I think it's a really good prospect to watch, Pasto. This was, uh, this was a good one. Somebody that got so, certainly climb up uh, and, and be a day two receiver pick. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can always follow and interact with Prospects 101 on social media throughout the college football season as you get our feedback on the top prospects in college football as we give you guys updates every week. So we're actually excited to kind of reformulate our in-season uh, season show and how all of this is going to look. So you guys will get some new information on that in the next coming weeks. Uh, but you will only know that if you follow and interact with us on social media. That's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That's at prospects 101 pod again that's at prospects 101 pod uh that handles also in the podcast notes uh you can listen to us as always on your favorite podcast platform apple spotify radio.com uh stitcher whatever you listen on whatever podcast platform we're there make sure that you subscribe to stay up to all uh stay up to date on all of our episodes as we'll be producing a lot of college football content here in the future figuring that it is now upon us uh, interviews, great content. Make sure, please, give us a five-star review. That really helps us spread the word, as well as uh, appear as a top uh, a prospect show here across the country. So fans such as yourself can find and listen to our content. So for Gless, 
For Kenny, for Pastel, we will see you next time with some more great prospect content. Did somebody say playoffs? NBA and NHL are playing for the gold, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in at all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB is pushing into the fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports, and remember, the casinos never close. Check it out all day and all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts.